Thank you this morning. My name is Larry Albritton. Um, I was a pastor at Woods Edge Community Church about 15 years. Uh, retired there last year. Um, I've started many churches uh, here in the Woodlands. Most of the churches here in the Woodlands I was part of starting on the newer, newer ones. But anyhow, um, thank you for asking me to come. I appreciate it. I want to talk to you today. Today's not about the church, but today is about the head of the church, our Lord Jesus Christ. He's the true head. Men come, men live, men die. Men come, men live, men die. Men come, men live, men die. But the true head of the church is our Lord Jesus Christ. Today must be about the faithfulness of God because God has been so good to us. He's been so gracious to us. He's been so faithful to us. He's the faithful one. If you look deep in the Old Testament, you'll see the prophet Jeremiah, inspired by the Spirit of God, pens unforgettable words on the faithfulness of God. Let's look up and let's look on the screen here. It should be somewhere. Lamentations 3. Here we go. Let's all stand and read this together, please. Let's do that. The steadfast love of the Lord ceases. Mercy. New every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Thank you. Sit back down, please. The term steadfast love, that comes from an interesting Hebrew word. It's a, it's a rich Hebrew word. Hesed, hesed in the Hebrew. Now, that word can be interpreted a lot of times in different ways in the English. Here's uh, recorded steadfast love, uh, New American Standard Version, I guess, ESV. I can't remember which one that is. But uh, it can also be ter- uh, interpreted as steadfast love, unfailing love, faithful love, gracious love, loyal love, loving kindness, mercy. That shows who God is. He's, the, he's completely about love. He is love. It's a rich term. And guess what? This is God's heart toward us. Toward us as his people. Toward us as his bride, his, his, the church, which is the bride of Christ. Toward us always. That's his, that's his way he looks at us. Faithful love. You know that in Scripture, um, love is always refers to God, always refers to His feeling for us, His way He looks at us. He looks at us with unfailing love. You ever had somebody look at you with unfailing love? They go, I love you, Larry, whatever you do. I said, okay. Anyway, but unfailing love, man don't have the capacity to do that. But God does. God will love us no matter what happens in our life. He's always there. He never forsakes us. Jesus said, I'll never leave nor forsake you. He's always there for us. That is quite a love. The steadfast love of God, of the Lord, never ceases. Never, never, never ceases. His love for us is not based on anything. He never, never ceases to love us. He will always love us. By the way, he'll always love his 
bride, talking about the Son of God, which Jesus is the Son of God, but Jesus is also God, correct? He's God the Son. He's always existed. There never was a time Jesus did not exist. And at Bethlehem, he became a person. He became flesh and dwelt among us. We beheld his glory, John says. But he's always been there. And he's always, he's God. His love, his steadfast love of the Lord will never cease, no matter what happens in life. When God sets his love upon you, he will never stop loving you. Again, in case you didn't hear that, look at there. They're new every morning. His steadfast love. He never ceases to love us. He will always love us. In church, he will always love us as his bride, as his church. And so, every morning, every day, it never ceases. When Jeremiah declares, great is your faithfulness, would you say with me, great is your faithfulness? That's who our Lord is. Great is your faithfulness. God has been completely faithful to us in all these years. He's always been there. Therefore, we know that God will be faithful to us in the coming years. Woodman's Bible began 2014, I think, around there. Uh, I'm very familiar with, you know, beginnings of it. And uh, for those who um, been here from that very day, you know how faithful God has been to this church. He's always been faithful. He's always been faithful to the Women's Bible. And guess what, guys and, and ladies? He will always be faithful to us, no matter what. That doesn't go away. He will always be faithful to us. Great is your faithfulness. Not just, well, it's a little good, or it's a little this. Great is your faithfulness. He's been completely faithful to the Women's Bible Church. Moreover, this is most important. He's been faithful to us as an individual. He's always faithful to us. He stands beside us. He's always there. You know that the only time that we will know how, how great, great his faithfulness is, is in this life. We will see how great his faithfulness is. When we get to heaven... We don't live by faith. We live by sight. So you don't need the faith to be shown. But in this life, we know how great his faithfulness is. He's always faithful to us no matter what happens. He's always there. He's always faithful to us. He's been completely faithful to us all our lives. We know life is hard. And it can be hard. I see people every day. Life is hard. And we know that life sometimes becomes unfair. Been there too, right? And we know there's so much suffering going on. Lord, why? We know that too. And we know this world is broken. It's a broken, sinful world. Life is hard, but God is good. He's faithful, and he will be faithful to us until he takes us home. We don't see clearly now all that God is doing. We never will, but we know he's there. He's been faithful to us through all these years. He's working out everything for our good.
What does Scripture say? Romans 8, 28. We all know it. For God causes all things to work for the good to those who love the Lord, those who are called according to his purpose. He's always working it out. You know, I don't know, a lot of people may have tragedies in here before, but I, <clears throat> I had a tragedy. In 1993, I lost a daughter and a wife in a car accident. Uh, you know, I was real smart. I went home and said, Lord, I don't have anything to do with you, and threw away my Bibles. That was stupid. And did all kinds of crazy stuff. And then one day I was working. I had a company, and I woke up, and I hadn't shaved, and I went to the Lord, and I said, Father, I'm sorry. I'm sorry because my wife and my daughters are years way before they were ever mine. And you know the key thing with that is? I'll see them again. <laughs> so it's kind of like, you know, you're going to see a great concert next year. You don't worry about it this year, right? It'll happen, and you'll get to go see it. And so he's always been faithful, and he's faithful with me, and he's faithful with people around me. And this is the key thing. This is very key. Unless that wouldn't have happened, I was out making all kinds of money, and I was building companies and doing this and doing that. And Paul knows a little bit about what I was doing, too. But anyway, back then, if that wouldn't have happened, I would not be standing here today. If that wouldn't have happened, I wouldn't have had uh, opportunity to go to the greatest, one of the greatest seminaries in the world, Dallas Theological. If that wouldn't have happened, I wouldn't have met my wife, Roberta. If that wouldn't have happened, I would still be in Dallas, working every day, 12 hours a day, bringing in the green, making money, doing this, doing that. But see, the Lord comes in. He says, Larry, I'm faithful to you. What does that mean, Lord? There's going to be things happen to you, Larry, that you, I want to show you how faithful I am to you. And I look back and I go, wow, he was faithful to me. Because he was faithful to me in the fact that he knew what was the best thing for me. And he made it happen. This is the thing that I've learned in life. Seldom do we move to another place on our own. Right? Seldom we do that. But when the Lord comes in like he did with my life, and he changed everything, he moved me to a different place. And I go, wow, thank you. And he says, I got it. And today, I am so thankful for that. Because I know my wife and daughter in heaven, they're singing praises to him probably, about whatever they're doing. I don't know. There's no, there's no physical bodies in heaven, so it's all spiritual. But whatever they're doing. But I do know that. But I'm here today. And I've seen so many people and met so many people and did so many things for his work and his kingdom that I go, wow, I would have never done it unless that would have happened. See, you never know what God has in store. If you think you know what God has in store, let me know. Because <laughs> I'll tell you, no, you really don't know. <laughs> but, see, he's working on everything. One day in heaven we'll see clearly, but now we walk by faith, not by sight. Now we trust that God is faithful. And like I said a while ago, the only time we'll ever know about faithfulness to the Lord is in this lifetime. When we get to heaven, we'll have sight and everything will be 
it will it'd be clear. Go back to Women's Bible Church. It started in 2014. Our journey as a church, I've always known about it all these years because I was working down at Woods Edge and I knew Mark and all that kind of stuff. The journey's not always been easy, but God has been good to Woodlands Bible Church. He's been good to our church family. He's been good to who we are. In, fa in fact, we can truly say all that we have ever done as a church, and any church can say this, all that we've ever done as a church, God is the one who did it. Not me, not that person, not that person, not that whatever. God did it. He's the one who did it. In his mercy, in his mercy, he chose to use Woodland Bible Church the way he's used it through the years. He did it. Give you an example. I was going down a country road one time. You'll like this, Don. I was going down a country road. I saw this turtle on top of a fence. I did. I thought to myself, I know he didn't get up there himself. Somebody had to put him up there, right? Turtle can't go to the top of a fence. Same thing with Woodlands Bible Church. Anything that's been done, is God has done it and put us to where we are. We couldn't have done it. There's no way we could do it. God has done it. Anyway, I hope you remember about the turtle. <laughs> if you don't remember anything else I'm talking about, remember. No. Anyway, uh, he's done it. He's been so gracious to us. He chose us, the Woodlands Bible Church, to be one of his top instruments. And thank you, Lord, for being so good. Thank you for being so faithful. Thank you for steadfast love. Again, let's all say this. Great is your faithfulness. Now, what I have personally witnessed with the Woodlands Bible Church and I've known about Woodlands Bible Church, like I said, years. But one thing about the people at Woodlands Bible Church, they have hearts for God. They have hearts for God. People all over this church love Christ deeply. Love Him deeply. They have hearts for God. People in this church are authentic. They love you. And they mean it. People in this church are very sincere. I've seen very sincere, humble people say, not my will, but your will be done. You know, the, the biggest example of humbleness is in Scripture with Jesus. Jesus in the garden praying to the Father and saying, Father, please, please I don't want to go through this. Please let this cup pass from me. Well, guess what? He didn't let him happen. What did Jesus say at the end of the prayer? But not my will, but your will be done. See, God has always done that. Humble people. People in this church have no prince or posing. They don't act like they're something they're really not. I've seen that. I go, wow. People in this church embrace the Word. They love the Word of God, the precious Scripture. They love it. And they love to be, their lives be led by the Holy Spirit. That's what I've seen at the Wilderness Bible Church. People in this church have generosity off the charts. I'm not only talking about financial generosity. I'm sure that happens. But I'm talking about helping each other 
when things get tough. That's your, you don't have to. None of us have to help somebody else. But I've seen in the Woodlands Bible Church people help each other just because they love each other. They help each other. And what did Jesus say? Uh, John 13, what? John? Okay. What's that? Anyway, Jesus said, you should know my, okay. A new commandment I give to you that you love one another. That's what Jesus said to do. Just as I've loved you, you're also to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. And that's what I've experienced around Woodlands Bible is that people love one another. Doing things for each other, not because it's financially, not because of this, not because, but because they love each other. That's what I personally minister. And also I minister uh, the worship, uh, I personally witness the different ministries of the church. How the, the ladies' ministry touches many ladies. How the men's ministry touches many men. How our, our worship ministry touches a lot of people. How our children touches a lot of people. That's amazing. Uh, just to give you a little history, and I'll just say this. Uh, I, went to, uh, I was a pastor at Woods Edge Community Church. We started in this building. This is the building. When I first went to Woods Edge Community Church, about 200 people. We started here. I mean, this very place. And God was faithful, and he built it, and he built it. Today, Woods Edge is on 65 acres out here on Goslin. They have all this, all that. They have, I don't know, 15,000 people come there on Sundays, whatever. God is faithful. He's blessed the different ministries. He's blessed so many different ministries of this church. I want to also, kind of in closing, I want to urge and challenge everyone in this room the seven things. If you write it down, write it down. If you can't, you can't. Don't worry about it. Number one, if God has called you to the Woodlands Bible Church, be all in. Be all in. Not half-heartedly, but be wholeheartedly in. If he called you here, be all in. Number two, don't be a spectator. A lot of people like to be. Be out on the front lines. Be out there on the field if you can. Number three, I exhort each person here to love the Lord with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. He's the one. You know, the church is his bride. He predicted it in John 14. He says, in my father's house, many dwelling places to go to prayer place for you. If I go to prayer place for you, I would doubtless come again. Receive you to myself, the rapture, and take you back to the father's house. And that's a picture of the Jewish wedding. When a Jewish person became betrothed to his wife, he would go to his father's house, fix it up for them to live. And then when the father said, come back and get your bride, he'd come halfway. She'd meet him halfway, and he'd take her back to the father's house, consummate the marriage. That's the church, and that's what, that's what God will do one day. The father will say, son, go get your bride. Amen. And so, love the Lord with all your heart and your brothers and sisters with all your heart. This is key. I exhort every person in here. 
I'd hope every person here meets with the Lord every day. Meet with Him one time a day. Meet with Him in prayer and reading the Word. What does prayer do? That's when we're talking to God. What's the Word do? That's when He's talking to us. That's the conversation we have with Him. If you remember back in the Old Testament, you have a lot of times God would appear to Abraham and say, Abraham, do this. God appeared to Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, all those people. And he, you have a word from the Lord. But guess what we have? We got the word from the Lord all the time. He's speaking to us all the time. You want to hear what he says to us? Read the word. Read the book. Nothing like the book. Now, that's what he talks to us. How do we talk to him? In fervent prayer. We go to him and say, Father. I remember one time I said, uh, I said, we pray, do we pray about everything? Dr. Ryer used to sit down sooner. He'd say, Larry, you pray for everything. God will take care of it. He'll, he'll give you what you need to have. But you pray for everything. I said, great. So what I started doing I'm going down the road, maybe five miles over the speed limit. I see a policeman there on the side of the road. Lord, please don't let him stop me. <laughs> Pray for it. Now, the Lord will say, he'll do what he wants to with that prayer. He'll let, you know, we're to pray, and that's a commandment, correct? Prayer is a commandment to pray to him. And when we do what God says to do, when we do a commandment, what are we showing him? What did he say? To love me is to do my commandments. Every time we do what God says to do, we're showing him we love him. We don't show him we love him by doing this over here, you know, that. We show God we love him because we're doing his commandments. And so when we pray to him, we pray because he said so, because we show him we love him. Now, does prayer always answer according to what we want? No, it doesn't. We've all seen that, correct? But when we're praying to him, we're showing him we love him, and we're calling upon the one that can do anything. There's nothing he can't do. He's the God of all. He's, you know, every time I go to him, I say, Lord, uh, this person's sick, or this person needs healing, this person needs this, or this person needs that. Now, Lord, you're the only one can do it. Nobody else can heal anybody. I've never seen a person heal a person. I've seen God heal you know, a lot of people. But we're calling on the one that can do it. Now, you know, I learned a long time in business that when you go into a company, you try to get the company to be one of your clients, you got to talk the person in charge. Talk to the other person, other people that work there, and you go, well, I, I talk to the person in charge. When we go to God in prayer, we're talking to the one that can do anything in this world. He can make it happen. He's sovereign right now. He's sovereign over all of creation. He's sovereign over it all. He, he loves us. And we need to pray to him and read his word every day. Read the scripture every day. And then, fifthly, resolve to pray fervently. Everybody know what fervently means? Without, with all your heart, everything you are. Serve faithfully. Serve God faithfully. 
Lord, I'm going to serve you faithfully. Give generously of your time, talents, money. Worship weekly, because what did Paul say about to do on the first day of the week? Come to the house of God. Here at your church home. So pray fervently for each other. Pray for the church overall. Pray for yourself. Pray for your family. Pray for anybody you can. Do that fervently. Serve faithfully. Whatever happens, I'm going to serve. You need me? Yeah, I'm, I'm there. I'm here to help. I'm here to help. I'm here to serve. I'm here to serve. I was going to uh, one of my mentors in business one time. I don't know if anybody knows Peter Drucker. I don't know, may not know. He's the old guy. But Peter Drucker used to say, he said, the best kind of leadership, Larry, is what? Servant leadership. You want to lead people? Serve them. Serve somebody. Be there to serve them. That's true leadership. Give generously. You know, people have different money, whatever. That's, that's one area, but everybody can give their time. Everybody can give their ear. Everybody can give their feeling. Everybody can give their, you know, help in, any, in every way. Give generously. And then number six, surrender every day to the Lord. Every day you wake up, go, Lord, you got this, don't you? Yeah, I got it, Larry. Okay. Surrender every day and say, Lord, whatever comes up, you take care of it. Because I don't know what's going to come up. He does. He knows what's going to happen. You know, if you think right now, because of what, what life is, nobody in this room can tell me what's going to happen one hour from now. So you better have somebody that knows what's going to happen one hour from now in control of your life. So you say, Lord, whatever happens today, you take care of it. Uh, maybe I can take care of it. Maybe I can't. But, Lord, you can. See, he's the only one that can take care of anything. Surrender every day to him. Not only for the sake of the church, but surrender every day for him, to him for the sake of yourselves, ourselves. Say, Lord, what, what, what would you have me to do today? What do you want me to do? And he'll, he'll lead you, he'll guide, and he'll direct you. And then lastly... I would recognize the worthiness of Jesus Christ. He's worthy. He's worthy. Revelation, the apocalypse, was it at? Revelation. Oh, there it is. They're around the throne. Judgment seat of Christ had just occurred. They're around the throne, and they're looking at Christ. They say, worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For ye created all things. What does John say? For all things are made by him. Without him nothing was made that was made. For ye created all things. And by your will they existed. They were created. Jesus is worthy. He's worthy of everything we have. If you look back in Revelation also, you see the book there. I love the book. If you look back in Revelation, you'll see that 
the crowns that we get for what we did for Christ in this life, for the judgment seat of Christ, all the crowns that we receive, some people receive a whole lot more than others receive, whatever. Guess what we all do with those crowns? We give them back to him. Isn't that amazing? Because he's the only one worthy to receive all the glory. All that we are and all that we have, he's worthy of that. Surrender every day to him. And I close with this. I want to state the passage again in, in Lamentations. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases, never goes away. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. And we can say, great is your faithfulness, God. Thank you for being faithful. And my question is to everyone in here and to myself is, will we be faithful? Will we be faithful to him? That's a question I ask to all of us. Will we trust him and walk in faith? Trust him and walk in faith. Faith is a substance of things unseen, evidence of things not, you know, what substance of things hoped for, evidence of things not seen. But will we walk in faith? Not by sight, not by what we think's the best, but we walk in faith that he's in control and he'll take care of us. Will we trust him? Will we walk in faith? And God has given us an opportunity, church, to walk in faith the rest of our lives, the rest of this church life. He's given us the opportunity. Now, it's up to us. We're going to walk in faith. He wants us in faith. Let me pray for us. Father, you're a great and awesome God. There's none like you. If we search this world over, Father, we can never find anyone as beautiful, lovely, and wonderful as you are. Father, you're the one. So, Lord, we come today before you as a church, Father. And we thank you for your faithfulness through all these years. And we know because you're faithful in the past, you'll be faithful in the future. And, Lord, may we stay faithful to you, Lord. And, Father, we come today thanking you, Lord. You take care of us when we can't take care of ourselves. And you're always there. Father, be with each one of us. Take care of us. Bless us. Do the only you can do in our lives. And Father, just, we love you. And great is your faithfulness. We ask you, Father, to bless Woodlands Bible Church like you never blessed it before. Bless it, Father, that for your name's sake and for your glory, not for ours or anybody else's, but for you, your name and your glory, may Woodlands Bible Church become what you want it to be. Father, we beg this from you because you're the only one who can do it. And Father, we ask you in that one that's all together lovely, that one that has a name above every other name, our precious Lord Jesus.